brand new life to a brand new day all the way from the wastelands of california my name is michael and i am a mere figment of your imagination i look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation first time listeners turn on tune in and drop out this is a different kind of show a place where we don't feel so alone let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe i do admire you for your curiosity Live and direct right now on the TuneIn radio app. Search End of Days and you'll find the 24-7 network. My guest tonight is James Spetzer. James is a former Marine Corps officer. He has published widely on the theoretical foundations of scientific knowledge, computer science, artificial intelligence, cognitive science, and evolution and mentality. He has received many awards and forms of recognition for his teaching and scholarship. McKnight Professor Emeritus at the University of Minnesota Duluth. He has appeared on this program various times and has been seen on national television. Once again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Welcome back to another edition of the Michael Deacon program. Great to be here as usual. Tonight will be a bit of a rattlesnake. Never forget, this is a call-in show. Please feel free to call in. Whenever you are compelled, that number is 760-332-8724. One more time, 760-332-8724. We all survived yet again another week. A hell of a week, right? With all the recent tragedies going on, the school shooting in Florida, it's left me feeling a lot like, it's left me feeling a lot like Amy Schumer's husband, full of regret and sorrow. In all seriousness, what exactly happened to us as a nation? Why have we become so divided? We definitely need to put aside political ideologies and unite. And live and direct right now, Mr. James Fetzer. What's going on, sir? Oh, Michael, I think they're messing with us. Uh, I've been having these uh, problems uh, today. I put up a new blog about how they ran a, a, a staged school shooting in Massachusetts back in 2013. It's got 10 images. You see how they fake the whole thing. And would you believe, as I was putting up this blog, it was jumping around in front of me. I mean, I wasn't doing anything unusual, but the images were jumping around. I mean, it wasn't under my control. They're hitting uh, all kinds of, you know, uh, YouTube channels where they put up my stuff. They have uh, attempted to, to, well, they actually took down uh, a presentation I just gave on uh, false flags on five fronts where I gave an update about Sandy Hook, the Boston bombing, Charlottesville, Las Vegas, and even some new discoveries about JFK, believe it or not, including that the, 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 the body seen in autopsy photographs in a very famous book about the assassination uh, isn't even the body of JFK. And and now oh, wow. they are, you know, I think just not, they don't want us to have the kind of conversation we've had in the past because they've been uh, so so cordial, so positive, covered so much material. So I think that's what we're up against. Truly. And A new level of cyber warfare, Michael. That's what it is. It's happened to us before. They took down one of our interviews uh, immediately without without warning. Were, were, we, were you able to recover it? Oh, no. They haven't let me upload really? that one again. Yeah, it's the one we did very early on. Yeah, I never made it. Wow. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. I'll send you more of the details and send you that screenshot. Cause yeah. It's, it's somewhere yeah. saved here. But yeah, very interesting. Though. So I, I definitely believe you. There's lots of strange uh, technical issues going on over here. And, well, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I've talked to a lot of different people, a lot of, wow, I... Some people I can't even bring on here. The things I've heard, you know, I had this conversation last night with that gentleman who I'll bring on later, but he did warn me some of the things he was going to tell me was going to not let me sleep for many moons to come. And um, I'm experiencing that now. 
I think you know wow. this. Yeah, I think you know this individual, James, yourself. But I'll talk to you off air about that. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I've been, you know, unsurprisingly looking at this uh, this sh- shooting scenario down in Florida. And Michael, it's just uh, totally phony. It falls apart in every direction. I mean, it's hard to even know where to begin. It's uh, that bad. It's that blatant. You gotta. You got Instagram of the alleged shooter wearing a Make America Great Again cap. Right, I saw that. So, you know, I mean, obviously an effort to tarnish uh, Trump. It's in the Debbie Wasserman's district and not far from Mar-a-Lago, which, of course, is a Trump a residence in Florida. Uh, the last we had with uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz was the body of a federal investigator washing up on the beaches of Sarasota, not far from the residence of the judge who was supervising the investigation of the DNC. So, you know, uh, th- this is all just a little too blatant. Uh, you're not going to believe this, which I just discovered before coming on the air. The woman after whom this school is named, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, right. April 7th, 1890 to May 14th, 1998, was an American journalist, writer, feminist, and environmentalist, best known for her staunch defense of the Everglades against efforts to drain it. In other words, this is a signal. Against the opposition of draining the swamp, Michael. I mean, it's yes. just ludicrous. It, 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 and the beat goes on. Uh, I mean, we have um, we have a, a, an NSA vehicle that's seeking to depart the campus, but there's no reason it should have been on the campus in the first place. You have uh, uh, students reporting how the army people told uh, told uh, the kids not to look around at the bodies. They moved and hid under mats. Uh, we had the Secret Service showing up a couple of weeks ago to change security protocols, safety protocols on the school. And this is quite ironic in multiple respects because Wolfgang Halbig, who's a nationally recognized security consultant, had advised the Broward Community Schools on their safety protocols. So they're actually coming in to change the protocols. We got the events uh, taking place at a time when uh, the Democrats are being colossally embarrassed by the, you know, falling apart of the Russian uh, uh, hacking. We even have uh, uh, polls being done uh, that are disillusioning to the Democrats because people are saying they don't believe any of this Russian hacking thing, that the whole thing was made up. Uh, We have a situation in uh, Los Vegas completely coming apart at the seams, where the judge has now directed that all of the autopsy records have to be released after having allowed the the county uh, Clark County coroner to with you know he initially withheld them even after the judge directed and then released 58 autopsy reports that had no names on them and no ballistics Michael I mean this is absurd beyond oh, yeah. belief it really is and my god James what a wild few months it's been tragedy after tragedy and our nation has never been as divided I I, I true I truly believe that it's never been this divided in my opinion. It's it's been very wild, and of course, the school shooting, everything about it is is very unusual. You are having uh, multiple accounts now of people saying, or students saying, rather, that there is more than one shooter. Well, there's several aspects to this I can review here. I mean, this appears to have been in accordance with a script that this young fellow arrived on campus on public transportation, I don't know if it was Uber or a taxi, that he had the gun in a, in a case, that it was uh, legally identifiable with him, I mean, effortlessly. Uh, you had the sounds of the shots, but I'm telling you, I was listening to CNN. Anderson Cooper had a report, and it sounded like it was right next door. In other words, you were hearing the mechanism so loudly it was as though it was in your ear. Right. In other words, it was ridiculously too loud. This is reminiscent of what happened in Las Vegas 
which was a, which was a movie, Michael. They had a pre-recorded soundtrack with a sound of actual automatic weapons firing, with and also mixed in three-shot blasts. Were coordinated with a, a special visual effects from the middle of the hotel. They had lights going off on the fourth floor in the middle of the hotel to simulate a machine gun. Higher up, you got these three light blasts that were supposed to be coordinated. We've even got a guy in the crowd who turns to fire on the crowd, and you can see light from the flash of his muzzle, but there's no impact of any bullets because he's firing blanks. A fellow named uh, Dan Cromer, who's a high-tech guy, who had first identified how the quality of this uh, recording was much too good to have been ordinary or legit. He's noticed now, going back and listening to the soundtrack from the concert, that in the beginning you can hear very faintly this beep, 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 going off in the background from the machine gun, but it's too soft for the crowd, for the crisis actors in the crowd to pick up on it. So they have to turn up the volume, and it's when they turn up the volume that all of a sudden the crisis actors realize on cue that they're supposed to react. But that having to turn up the volume is a, is a smoking gun. Because, I mean, if it had been legitimate real shooting, then, of course, the fact you couldn't hear it wouldn't affect the fact that people were being shot. Right. It's the fact that they only had the sound effects. They only had the video effects. One of my Facebook friends had immediately contacted the three closest hospitals to the to the uh, concert area. I recall. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, and found from all three that they, they had had no admit, admittees of gunshot victims. And one said, you must be calling about the drill. But that was only a drill. No one got shot. I called and confirmed it myself. But now what we're getting is a similar giveaway that this event in uh, Florida is similarly faked. We have been doing all kinds of research on uh, the obituaries from Las Vegas, Michael, and they turn out to be for people who died in different states or on different dates or from different causes of death. I mean, it's embarrassingly bad. And now that the, uh, the judge has directed the release of all of these documents and records, the whole thing's going to fall apart. I mean, he was holding out on release. He even closed the coroner's office, which would have been besieged with requests for death certificates and autopsy reports because he didn't have any. So now the judge is directing all this to be released. It's become much too big a deal. There are other fantastic aspects of Las Vegas, but to return to Florida... We have, of course, the immediate chorus of demands for gun control, even though the facts of the situation aren't known. You're getting reports that this this uh, shooter may have been on on drugs, that he may have, you know, had uh, psychological problems. Right. In, 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 in which case it takes on a whole different aspect. Uh, uh, but I'm telling you, it, it doesn't look real at all. And, and here I've got multiple reports. This is like Sandy Hook, where they put up donation websites on the 13th, the day before the shooting uh, took place on the 14th, uh, because they were eager to get money coming in from sympathetic but gullible Americans who actually contributed between 27 and 130 million dollars, which was divided between 27 families. So they made out like bandits. They got over a million bucks a family for faking, faking having kids who died at Sandy Hook. And here we have, let me just read you some of the headings for these reports. Florida high school shooter, former student, numerous people killed, uh, Ohio.com, February 12th. At least 20 injured in Florida high school shooting, CBS News, February 13th. Photos, Florida school shooting, Santa Rosa Press Gazette, February 12th. Shooting of Florida high school, number of wounded unclear, February 12th. Florida high school shooter in custody, numerous deaths, February 13th. But the shooting was on Valentine's Day, which, of course, is the 14th. 
So, you know, all, all this is indicative that this was a stand, staged event, that it was done in ways that it in, involved a, a botching things up. Uh, uh, there was a, a, a report that the Florida shooter Nicholas Cruz trained with white supremacists and that at least four Jews were among those killed. Now, when's the last time you heard about a shooting and they identified how many were killed of a particular religion or ethnic group? This is pretty bizarre. It turns out that an update reports that uh, law enforcement says no white uh, nationalist ties to the Florida high school shooting. But get this, the sheriff down there, whose name is Israel, campaigned for sheriff as a Jew. He said how important his Judaism is to him. Uh, and he's making a big deal of gaining control over the social media. In other words, he wants to make it easier to, to cut off Internet access or to haul people in if you uh, post something unpopular or some inconvenient truth that the government doesn't want out. And there's a lot of that going on now. Uh, I'm just saying this is peculiar in so many different ways, yeah, this Michael. Was a, this was it, a weird one, no doubt. It really is. It, it's it odd. It really is. It threw me for a loop. And by the way, let's go back to uh, you as a professor. Of course, you were one at a college. Did uh, did any of this ever go through your head at any time that perhaps a school shooting one day would just break out there in your classroom? Absolutely not. I mean, it's ludicrous. This is all contrived. It's all since Obama nullified the Smith-Mutt Act of uh, uh, 1948 that, that precluded the use of the same techniques of propaganda and disinformation within the United States was being used without. We know Sandy Hook was brought to us by Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Eric Holder and Daniel Malloy and the Newtown School Board that they were bringing in the families to set up a synthetic community that the school had been closed by 2008. There weren't any students there. It's a case where... uh uh, the, the the school itself, the building was loaded with asbestos and other biohazards that had been damaged by hurricanes. They'd even had a major flood in 2007, Michael. So that we have, you know, it's remarkable how new evidence, confirming evidence, can show up years later. Uh, there's a fellow, for example, who posted about having been visiting a friend in 2010 uh, uh, where he was located about 10 miles from the Sandy Hook School. He didn't know it, but his friend was going over there to pick up some student desks on the cheap for his own kids to use. And he was just describing the disgraceful condition of the school and how the, you know, from the flood, there were water marks up several inches on the wall that it was moldy all over the place, that no one would have allowed a student to enter that school, how the caretaker said the building had already been condemned. I mean, you get, here's another odd one. There's a show called uh, Greater Boston that's hosted by Andy Rooney's daughter. And in like, uh, this is like November, uh, uh, of 2012, just, uh, you know, not long before the shooting. The governor, the, the mayor of the city is on and he's saying how he's buddy buddies with Joe Biden, how Joe Biden is boasting that by uh, January of 2013, gun control is going to be a done deal. And Andy Rooney's daughter is asking, how could anything happen to move legislation that fast? And the, and the, and the mayor Mayor is real, you know, coy at this point. He won't say why, but it's obvious this is based on the foreknowledge of the planning of this event for Sandy Hook. And then we've had a whole sequence. I mean, look, uh, Michael, I have studied, you know, uh, ten of these events. Uh, we're talking about Sandy Hook, uh, the Boston bombing, uh, uh, not just. Uh, them in Char Charlottesville too, right. but San, San Bernardino. We got the Craigslist ad for yeah. San B Bernardino. Say again. Oh, I said, yeah, we've covered a lot of this, and it's just it's it's out of control. In other words, it is. It's completely out of control. And you know, the, the Texas Church shooting, uh, Charleston, Dallas, Orlando, Umpqua College. I mean, it, it's all. Staged. These are all staged events, and I have books about most of them, but I continue to do collaborative research, and now I'm editing one about Las Vegas where the whole thing is just ridiculous beyond words. 
Oh, yes. And, of course, you were having technical issues. For those who are just uh, tuning in right now, uh, James was experiencing uh, some trouble there, weren't you? Oh, yeah. I, we couldn't make contact. I had a spinning wheel for the most conventional connection, you know, by Skype. I couldn't reach it. I had to go get my laptop. Even then, we couldn't make a connection. We had to use a backup. It's ridiculous, Michael. It's ridiculous. But that's what's going on. And I'll tell you, I just got back from on the 3rd, the 4th, and the 5th of February. I was in Portland. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were at a conference. I was. I, well, I, I was actually giving five different talks while I was out there. The conference was on Saturday. That was about Saudi Arabia and oh, Portland okay. State. But on 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 Friday night in Portland, I gave a talk about false flags on five fronts where I gave updates about the latest on Sandy Hook, on the Boston bombing, on Charlottesville, on Las Vegas, and then a bit about these new developments related to JFK. And I repeated the same talk in Seattle on Sunday. Well, the very first version, you know, because there were multiple recordings of these talks on YouTube immediately, I mean immediately, they struck it down and they put up a notice uh, uh, that this video has been removed because it violates YouTube's policy on violent or graphic content. But there's nothing violent or graphic about it, Michael. I mean, right. this is just ridiculous. So <laughs> I've had them put up, uh, uh, one from Portland and one from Seattle on BitChute. And get this, the one on BitChute, uh, they put up a warning about it. Uh, saying, let me read it. I'm even having trouble just getting my own PowerPoint to work. Uh, this this video has yeah. been marked as not safe for work. NSFW. Oh, wow. It is not recommended like that porn. you view this in in work environment or other similar environments. But get this: the 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 other one from Seattle. They said this video has been marked not safe for life. NSFW. <laughs> It contains graphic oh content that most people will find upsetting, and it's recommended that you view with extreme caution. I mean, this is absurd, Michael. I've done these kinds of interviews and presentations, you know, for, for decades, it seems, and it's ridiculous that uh, they would be do- putting these kinds of warnings up, even on bit shoots. So you can get it. Just go to False Flags on Five Fronts. In fact, there are a couple of websites where you can get access to all of this. Because I, I recently published my book, uh, a false flag for Valentine's Day about this shooting in Florida and the suppressing false flags on five fronts. And there I give you links to all of them, and you can see the warnings and, and so forth. And if you just watch one of these, see, it's so important because I explain how they do these things and how we uncover what's going on. For example, in Sandy Hook, how they fake the kids out of photographs of older kids when they were younger. In other words, there was a good reason why Wayne Carver, the medical examiner, didn't allow the parents to enter the school building to see the children's bodies. There weren't any bodies. He he had them identify them based on photographs. They only existed in the form of photographs. So so I lay the, all that out. Plus Wolfgang now is reporting, and I interviewed him on my show, uh, the raw deal a couple of weeks ago. Wolfgang's oh, reporting he's got at least three of the Sandy Hook kids who want to come out and regain their lives, and he has affidavits from them, and he's going to bring them out. In relation to uh, the Boston bombing, I, I explained not only how we know that the the brothers were framed, uh, but that uh, a retired professor of law by the name of John Remington Graham has submitted an on behalf of three American citizens, the first named of whom is me myself, about the fact that the backpacks don't match. In other words, Jack had long since responded to my invitation to review the evidence we'd amassed about the Boston bombing as to what was most important. Match the fact that the FBI reported the two backpacks that exploded were both black and nylon backpacks, but that the brothers weren't wearing black nylon backpacks. That that was crucial. So he put it into this amicus curiae brief, and the the uh, the first circuit court of appeals accepted the brief, Michael. And uh, according to Jack, this is a time in the history of American curiae brief. It's going to. 
it's a part of the formal record now. It's going to lead to a reversal of the conviction, and it's going to expose the whole thing as a hoax. I mean, we knew it was just a charade. You had the police on bullhorns calling out, this is a drill. This is a drill. We had the Boston Globe tweeting that a demonstration demonstration bomb would be set at bomb squad activities, and and another tweet saying one would be set off in one minute in front of the library, and a minute later one goes off in front of the Boston Public Library. Well, these were just puff pieces, Michael. I'm a former artillery officer in the Marine Corps. These weren't powerful enough to kill anyone unless perhaps you were sitting right on top of it. And when you look through the haze, you see, yes, there are bodies missing arms and legs, but there is no blood. Well, Lorraine Day was the head of trauma surgery at San Francisco General Hospital for 25 years, observed it's impossible to have arms and legs blown off by explosives and there to be no blood. So I show images where you see the bodies lying there, missing arms and legs, and there's no blood, and then I show the fake blood that shows up. Maybe that's what's supposed to be graphic. Maybe they didn't know it was fake blood. But, of course, this is just to chase people away from seeing how they've been bamboozled by the government, Michael. Yes, indeed. And there's been other stories out there as well. But, of course, the shooting is on everyone's mind. And, of course, everyone's looking for someone to blame. People are saying it's the FBI's fault for not following up on a tip that they received earlier this year. Uh, did you read about that, James? Yeah, sure. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. And, and you know, if you thought this was all real, uh, then, you know, you want to be concerned because the FBI appears to have allowed this case to fall through the cracks. But if you realize that the Secret Service was there, changed school security policy several weeks before the shooting, that there were Army personnel on the scene who were directing the students not to look at the bodies that they moved and hid under mats. I mean, I'm sure these were dummies. Uh, And that you had a National Security Council vehicle on the scene. I mean, none of that ought to have been the case if this was legit and real. And there's every reason now to believe, in fact, none of it was authentic. I expect we're going to find that the the deaths alleged here are no more authentic than those from Las Vegas, Michael. I mean, I'll be open-minded because they could always change their techniques and decide to kill a few people. But I guarantee you, nobody died in Sandy Hook. Nobody died in Boston. No, nobody died in Las Vegas. I mean, it goes on and on and on. I'll also say it's very interesting about these calls for gun control and what's going on here. A lot of gun control, I, yes. Yeah. Well, I watched uh, CNN last night, and I don't know. I, I I don't think it was Don Lemon, Lemon, but it may have been. It was a, a black host. Oh, correct. And he was mm-hmm. saying now he had a report from a student that was writing up that what he heard was gunshots, the sound of gunshots, that he did not hear the sound of mental illness. And I'll just tell you, based on 35 years of uh, college teaching, uh, I I can't imagine any student wrote a a note like that. It's bizarre in the extreme. They had That was just made up. That's just propaganda, because uh, Trump had said we need to look at the mental illness aspects of these issues. So they were trying to lampoon him. But they had three students there, Michael. And, and the second of the three students was talking about how they need more security guards, that obviously what they need is, you know, not fewer guns. And all these events are going on in, in so-called gun-free zones. Uh, but you need security guards. Uh, I did an interview the other day where uh, the observation was made that we have an awful lot of veterans who are well experienced with firearms, and if each of the schools hired, say, three veterans to be roving security guards, uh, you know, that would be a way of coping with the situation. If you authorize administrators and, and teachers to c- conceal carry, uh, that would be another way to cope with it. But the fact is, it turns out on the average, if you call it, make an emergency call to the police, it requires 20 minutes for the police to respond. And the mayhem typically goes down in the first uh, 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 four to six minutes. 
So, you know, while you're waiting for the police to come and you're calling them because they're armed, uh, if you're not armed yourself and you can't defend yourself, it may just be too late. Your, your, your daughter may have been raped. Your wife may have been murdered. You may have been mugged. I mean, you know, the fact is we need uh, uh, more weapons and not less. We need more security and not less. And, and it's very interesting that the host on CNN was trying to talk the student away from it, that he didn't want him talking about the idea of having more security guards who were armed yes. to, to deal with clip. these kinds of threats. Yeah, I think I saw that clip. And, of course, uh, there's a story from uh, Daily Mail that they were saying that the Florida gunman uh, says demon voices told him to pull off the school shooting or how to pull off the school shooting, rather. So that, they're running with that story. Well, Demon voices, pretty, pretty, pretty convenient stuff. I mean, it was also very blatant because, I mean, he, he, here, here we have, an, and this is another story quite relevant that, uh, 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 a young woman was saying she actually had a conversation with him at the time and she could hear shooting in another part of the building, which of course is obvious evidence. I mean, if you believe he was a shooter, that there had to be at least one other shooter. Yeah, that was by that. Inclined to, that was by that that girl, Alexa. Right, right, mm, I right. I saw that. Weird. It, 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 I'm inclined to believe the whole thing is fraudulent, but there were sound effects there, just as we had sound effects in Las Vegas. Yeah, it, it's a bizarre case. That's the girl who confirmed that there was another shooter. Yes, she was saying there had to have been at least two shooters. Yeah, that's what different students are saying now. Um, and well, you want to hear something bizarre? I mean, in Las mm -hmm. Vegas, the sheriff who initially came out and said that obviously there was more than one person involved here because the lobbies at the Bellagio, at the Flamingo, and the New York, New York had all been shot out. So he's saying obviously this wasn't the work of one person. And in my discussions of these, and you'll find it in the false flags on five fronts, I give you a video where you can see the simulated life flashes coming from the middle of the uh, uh, of the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Uh, I give you frames where you can see this guy in the crowd turn to shoot uh, and talk about the other light flashes coming from higher up. And so there you have evidence of three simulated shooters at the Mandalay Bay, and yet the sheriff is out there saying we don't have any evidence there's more than one shooter, when he himself was acknowledging initially how the lobbies of these three other uh, hotel casinos were shot out. I mean, it's ridiculous beyond belief. Yes, no doubt. And, of course, uh, another thing that came out as well, and, of course, this is this might anger a few people out there, but, hey, that's the way it goes here. Um, new allegations of uh, Trump out there with that uh, former playmate. Did you see that as well? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Pretty. Well, Don, Don, I wouldn't be surprised if Donald had had various escapades. Well, of I mean, course, you know. he's a wealthy man. Uh, I'm not trying to be negative here. You know, that's his life. But very interesting story about that lawyer of his uh, paying out of his own pocket. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah, there, yeah, there, there are a couple of stories here. One has to do with his porn star, Dusty, whatever, and the other is the playmate of the year. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the all on the attacks on, on Trump are just unprecedented. In my lifetime, I have never seen anything like this. And, and it, it's, uh, some of it, no doubt, has a basis in fact, but the overwhelming majority, like the Russian hacking stuff, is all totally made up. And even when you have, uh, you know, Mueller giving this indictment of 13 Russians, when you dig into it, it turns out they were just doing kind of routine stuff. They were even having hosting events for Hillary Clinton. It wasn't all one-sided just for Donald Trump. And after all, ask yourself, what kind of a cost-benefit would justify supporting Donald Trump when all the evidence was that Hillary was going to win a decisive victory? You'd have to be pretty stupid to invest a lot of money in supporting a candidate who was, by every indication, going to lose massively. In fact, you had all these polls. They turned out a lot of them to have been rigged. But they were showing that Hillary was just going to have a, a overwhelming victory over Trump. Yeah, that's and there what they wasn't, You know, the, the the line then, Michael, was that there wasn't even a point in turning out to vote for Trump because Hillary had it in the bag. So 
Why would Russians, who, if they had any any sense about themselves, think they could play a role here in American politics when the situation was overwhelmingly rigged for Hillary, and it was rigged for Hillary? The fact that the Donald won was uh, simply stunning, where Boston University and the University of Minnesota have done research and they discovered it was rural counties in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, and Wisconsin that had suffered a lot of casualties from these endless wars in the Middle East, who who voted for Trump in the belief that he was the less likely of the two candidates to continue the wars in the Middle East. That the whole the whole campaign hinged on that one issue: who was perceived as more of a non-interventionist. And of course, by that criterion. Hillary is the obvious hawk, and, and Trump is, by comparison, re- a relative dove, and that that made the, dis- the decisive difference in the outcome. But you don't get any of that admitted by the mainstream press. You know, you, you still have Hillary going on and on about all the reasons why she lost, and, you know, she, yeah. she has 74 different explanations. Yeah, th- those, it, uh, it, those WikiLeaks uh, is, is what really drove it home for me once I saw the blatant corruption that was going on on the on the democrat side i was overwhelmed yeah. with the evidence yeah but of course a lot of people 100%. just but a lot of, a lot of people naturally just hate hillary and the clintons so um she's she's lost twice already yeah well i i i think her political career has come to an end and if mueller does his job i mean you know which i don't take for granted i mean look Mueller came into office as director of the FBI before 9-11. He certainly didn't give us the skinny about 9-11. He was in office during Sandy Hook. He certainly didn't give us the skinny about Sandy Hook. He left office after the Boston Marathon bombing. Well, you know, he's a cover-up artist. So, you know, why people give him all this high praise is, is to me, very difficult to understand once you look at his history and his role here. And when you get back to this, uh, you know, the two investigative journalists who'd followed Hillary's campaign published a book in early 2017 entitled Shattered, where they explained that John Podesta and Robbie Mook had made up, just made up out of whole cloth, the Russian hacking meme in order to, uh, you know, obfuscate the terrible, incompetent campaign they'd run, uh, including, of course, the sabotaging of Bernie's campaign, where they gave 13 primaries Bernie had won to Hillary, uh, how they wanted to distract attention from the contents of the WikiLeak revelations that led directly to Pizzagate, where John Podesta is pedophile-in-chief, and also... To, to create great confusion about Russia, where Hillary was involved in selling 20% of American uranium reserves to Russia with the approval of Barack Obama through this Canadian company, Uranium One, where, where I observed that if Julius and Ethel Rosenberg got the electric chair for sharing atomic secrets with the then-Soviet Union, what do Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton deserve for selling off 20% of U.S. uranium to Russia? Oh yes, so much has been going on, and of course, I I just wanted to quickly mention, on a lighter note, how was your Valentine's Day, James? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I've been suffering through the flu. I I'm glad I've just recovered now, but I had to cancel several interviews during the past week because of the flu. So my wife is still suffering from the consequences. So, you know, Valentine's oh, Day. You were both you know, sick. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. See that that's what happened uh to me earlier this year. I, I was okay and then I got sick and then I got better and then sure enough I got sick again. It's been uh, very awful this time of the year. Well, this is a uh, f- fairly serious stuff and you wonder how much of it is related to chemtrails and other mischief the government's been, you know, conducting to the detriment of the American people for all too long. I mean, the Air Force obviously knows what they're dumping into the atmosphere, which appears to be some combination of barium strontium and aluminum particles. I felt it was to control the weather because you can use a source of energy like HARP to heat up the aluminum particles and create high-pressure zones 
that drive away the low-pressure zones that bring the rain, where we had an artificially contrived drought in Southern California that endured for about a decade. Uh, but it also looks as though this is involved in the fires that we had in California, which were bizarre in the extreme. It looks as though they were using directed energy weapons to take out homes, which were surrounded by foliage, trees, evergreens, and the trees aren't damaged at all, and the homes are reduced to ash. Every single part of the home, the ceramics, the metals, everything about it is just reduced to ash. Pretty strange stuff, Michael. You may have been discussing this also on your shows. Oh, yes, and of course, uh, hopefully no one over on the Judy Wood camp has been attacking you over this, uh, because I got a lot of nasty emails from her, her fan base. Regarding our last interview we did. Really? Yeah. Pretty wild stuff. And I can't imagine mm-hmm. what, what in the world that would be for. I mean, the, there are directed energy devices. It just doesn't appear there are any that were powerful enough to have uh, destroyed the Twin Towers. In fact, I was having a conversation today with a, a licensed civil and structural engineer who noticed that that, that you know there, there's a fall off uh, as a function of distance there's like an inverse square law for uh, uh, uh if you want to use a directed energy device that if you're twice as far away you can only deliver one quarter as much three times away you can only deliver one ninth as much energy uh and therefore it's very difficult to see how there could have been a device powerful enough to deliver the kind of uh, directed energy necessary to destroy one of these buildings. In fact, I think by some calculations, it would have required more energy resources than you had in the United States in a year. I mean, it's just a, a, a theory that is not defensible. But the idea that on a much smaller scale, directed energy devices were being used, for example, in California, that seems to be a fact, not just a, a theory, but what actually has happened here. Right, and of course there was that powerful earthquake over in Mexico as well, not long ago, a 7.5. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, they can affect the weather. They can, they can bring about, they can bring about earthquakes and hurricanes and all this. I, I believe there's a lot of weather manipulation. It's a very, very bad, but it's taking place and very disturbing in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I, every day I fear there will be another earthquake, by the way. Um, I still remember the old quake of 2010 that went on down here, and it was not good, James. It's never good to experience one of those strong ones. Yes. And where specifically, what location? Well, I live in a little place called El Centro, California, way down south, so not too far from the border there. Well, you know, Michael, I was born in Pasadena, so, you know, Southern California. I grew up in Southern California. I, you can see the Rose Bowl from Huntington Memorial Hospital where I was born. Yeah, you grew up in a very nice place. Beautiful out there. Good weather. It was wonderful when I was growing up, Michael. I mean, having been born in, in December of 1940, I grew up in a wonderful California. I mean, in the, the 40s, the 50s, it was just magnificent. We'd go to Tahoe. We'd go to the, the Lake Arrowhead. We'd go to the beaches. Right. Uh, I mean, it was just a spectacular place to live. It, it had not become overcrowded. Uh, and, the, and the highways, even at that point in time, you know, while they were heavily trafficked, is nothing like what it's become today. Oh, no, not at all. And, of course, we have a severe homeless issue here, which is never good. Yes, yes. Well, there's something terribly wrong. You know, I gather there was a shooting of homeless people. Was it in in in, in Santa Monica? Is that what was going on? Yeah, oh actually, homeless people were being shot. Uh, uh, very troubling. I mean, what you, the, the greatness of a society can be measured by how it deals with its most helpless and weak uh, citizens, and the United States by that yardstick comes up very, very short. We we just don't provide the kind of uh, health care and benefits. I mean, we don't. We still don't have a national health care program. This is where I would have been very enthusiastic about Bernie because he was a non-interventionist like the Donald, which was the primary reason I supported Trump. 
but I like Bernie's, uh, you know, domestic policies much more because I believe in uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, unemployment insurance, workman's compensation, and all that, which the Republicans, alas, are still seeking to destroy, which is a calamity in my opinion. The shooting may be, have been taking place in a different area, Michael, if you're doing the, you know, a search on that. But it's pretty troubling when you have homeless people being shot. I looked up a news article from Las Vegas, a potential serial killer targeting homeless people out there, which I had no clue about. That, in that Las is, Vegas. Yes, that's pretty wild. I didn't know that. Well, you know, another emotive, just for those who are unfamiliar with the background on Las Vegas, where I give you an overview, again, in this false flags on five fronts that you can find on BitChute. I mean, obviously, it was going to be taken down immediately on YouTube. So after the first, I had the other versions put up on BitChute, where you can find both of them now. Uh, but the chief executive officer of Mandalay Bay MGM sold off 80% of his stock in advance of the event so he could buy it back on the cheap after the stock dropped. George Soros had a $41 million short on the Mandalay Bay MGM uh, so he could make a bundle when the stock dropped. The Chertoff Group, which has all these investments in scanners, body scanners, has just been salivating over the prospect of having them installed in all the resorts and casinos in Las Vegas, and then in every school and uh, and church in the country, for they'll make hundreds of billions. You know, you're going to hear a lot of campaigning for that too, well, for this uh, private company to make. You know, hundreds of billions by putting in these body scanners, and yet, you know, their security, their safety has never been assessed, Michael. Uh, One of the journalists in in Las Vegas who is supporting the idea of putting these body scanners uh, everywhere was observing it only slows down your access to entertainment venues by 30 seconds. But remember, when you go to the dentist before they're going to do a dental x-ray, they cover you with a lead vest, and then they expose your teeth for milliseconds. Uh, it, it, there's no telling how much damage can be done to the human body by yeah, these X-raying body scanners you. for 30 seconds. I mean, right. it's, it's grotesque. Yeah, I always feel a little odd after I go to the dentist there. It, even even being in the, the waiting room, it's awful. You have uh, all, all kinds of strange smells coming at you. You mean from having dental x-rays? Yeah, from, well, even, even in the waiting room, you could, you're inhaling all kinds of strange chemicals being pumped in there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it's ironic that Trump was elected based on his foreign policy because it seems to me his foreign policy has been an unmitigated disaster that he hasn't got us out of Syria. He hasn't got us out of Afghanistan. I mean, I thought those were the obvious benefits. From, from electing Donald Trump president, but it hasn't panned out that way. And it's uh, very troubling to me because that's where he could really prove his mettle. But if he is actually draining the swamp, and I find it, un, un, you know, fascinating that it turns out the woman after whom the high school is named was famous for opposing draining the Everglades. So this is really a message to Trump, you know, that he should stop draining the swamp. Uh, it's just unbelievable how they go about concocting these events just to send Truly. these messages. Truly. And on a side note, uh, multiple people have been wanting me to ask you this, and it's about your former network. And is everything okay with, with them out there? Is everything buried under the hatchet, James? Are they talking about, you mean rentsradio.com? Right. You know, it's very funny how all that evolved because I, I, I notified uh, Jeff, right? I don't, I think it was around the 15th of October that Scott Bennett and I were going to be going to a different network beginning on the 1st of November. And then on the 19th of October, uh, after my show where I had Mona Alexis Presley and Dan Cromer, where Mona's been doing all the research on the obituaries and finding they're for people who died in different states or on different dates or from different causes of death. And Dan is the one who's been confirming that this was a pre-recorded soundtrack. 
he fired me from the show. I mean, prematurely, two weeks premature, and it was simply absurd. He's gone on a rampage claiming that it was that Las Vegas was real and that Muslims did it, which is just about as loopy as anything I've ever heard. So He's you know, still and, running and with the that. proof. The proof that this wow. was totally unjustified is that he also fired Scott Bennett, who hadn't, you know, crossed swords with Jeff about about Las Vegas. So I, I think the guy has seriously lost his way. I didn't tell him I was we were going to Revolution Radio, but we've been there since the the first. I think my first show was on the third of November. Oh, okay. So, so I yeah, could, you, you just got yeah. There, so I've been doing. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I continue with this. The show with the same name, it's The Raw Deal on Tuesday and Thursday. It's from uh, 1 to 3 Pacific. It's from 3 to 5 Central. It's from 4 to 6 Eastern. I'm on Tuesday and Thursday. Scott Bennett and Michael J. have their show Shell Games on Tuesday and Thursday in the same time slot. And uh, I like Revolution Radio a lot. Uh, I also do a show on uh, PRN.FM, that's Gary Null's radio network out of New York, called The Conspiracy Guy. That's once a week on Wednesday nights from 9 to 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. And you can find that show on conspiracyguy.podbean.com. The, the archives are there right online. Very nice. I'm glad you're still doing both shows. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I know you were on, uh, Revolution Radio, but I wasn't quite sure, you know, what the time was, so I'm glad you cleared that up for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's earlier in the evening. Right. I mean, it, it's really afternoon, uh, whereas the show with Rents had been from 7 to 9 Central, 8 to 10 Eastern. Uh, it, it's very, very odd, Michael, because he and I got along really well. I was going to say, his, you guys were good friends, I thought. Yeah, he had me on his own show multiple times a week. You know, I mean, I was a regular twice a month. I think it was the first and fourth Thursday, but he'd often call me up and just bring me on, you know, for an extra edition and all that. And, I mean, I like the guy personally, but this was so bizarre, his behavior in this instance. I think, frankly, it's that he was embarrassed that we were leaving, so he find, he wanted to concoct a reason why he had to get rid of us instead of, in others, him rejecting us instead of us rejecting him. I oh, think that was the psychology. I think that was the psychology of the situation. Yeah, that's a question I, I often get asked. Um, anytime I say, well, not anytime, but the last time I brought up that you're going to be on this program, that's one I got multiple messages on. So I figured, you what know. What happened with Rents? Right. Yeah, exactly. What, what happened between you and Rents? So that's, that's the number one question. Well. It was pretty damn strange, and then he deleted my archives. You know, I mean, this is this goes back to what my experience was with veterans today with Gordon Duff. I, I, uh, Gordon invited me to be a journalist for Veterans Today in 2011, but by 2015, I, I'd already published 150 articles with Veterans Today, a lot of them about JFK, 9/11, and other crucial issues of our time. And we had a falling out over Jade Helm 15, which was obviously not an ordinary training op. Uh, a, a fellow named Robert O'Dowd had, had published an article on Monday about Jade Helm and Gordon and the, the managing editor Jim Dean had put in a, a derisive comment as an editorial preface to his article, which I thought was inappropriate in the first place, saying that this shouldn't be taken seriously. He didn't know what he was talking about. Well, I shared the views he had, so I published a piece pointing out that I thought it was uh, inappropriate that they had done that. I was on the air that evening with Stu Webb talking about what was going on here with Gordon, and the next morning I discovered I'd been taken off. I'd been given the boot. And when I found that four weeks later he still had my name on the masthead, I said, Gordon, uh, you know, since I'm no longer – you know, uh, writing for you. Don't you think it's time to take my name off? He now he took my name off. He deleted all 150 articles. Before you can. That, oh that, no. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, I mean, this, I this is a, a an intellectual atrocity. But but apparently it took such a hit on Veterans Today readership that the editorial board, uh, within a couple of weeks, voted to restore the articles, and he put them back up at least long enough for me to transfer most of them to my blog at jamesfetzer.blogspot.com. 
because I've, I've used many of those articles in books on JFK and 9-11 that I published with Moonrock Books. I mean, and on Sandy Hook, I was publishing stuff on Sandy Hook, too, you know, and Boston bombing. I mean, good God. You, you, that's the thing about what's going on now is that you, you you do all this research and you publish in what you think is at least a semi-permanent form on, on a place like YouTube or a website. Now it turns out the government itself is coming on to sabotage the research of, of, of citizen journalists uh, because they're doing too, their work is too good. They're exposing the lies of the government and they can't stand for that to happen. And as a consequence, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're beating up on the public. They're hiring, uh, uh, censors by the tens of thousands or using new, uh, uh, automated uh, AI routines to go through and, and censor stuff. It's a complete disgrace. It this really is, is not the United States of America in which I was born and raised. Michael, this is a, a form of Stalinism that's taking place where Americans no longer have the right to express their own opinions. I, I mean, if you can't, if you can't criticize your own government, I don't know what it means to be an American any longer. I mean, that's a fundamental right as we have ever enjoyed as citizens of the United States. And now it's being deprived by the intermediary of the social media. So the government can't claim it's doing it directly, but most assuredly they are doing it indirectly. And it's all to the detriment of the United States. Yeah, this, this video is going to get flagged as soon as it goes up, I'm pretty sure as well. <laughs> yeah. They usually flag us every time, James. Well, of course, it's an indirect compliment because it means that we're doing what we ought to be doing of calling them out. But I have no doubt you're right, uh, Michael. And, uh, you know, I, I, I so enjoy all of our conversations. Oh, so do I. Yeah, it's always fun to have you here. You are, of course, uh, the number one requested guest, to be honest with you. It's always you and um, John Lear, believe it or not. Well, that's perfect. That's terrific. I'm very, I'm very pleased to know that. Well, let me just emphasize for those, uh, to get an uh, insight into all these false flags are done. You want to go to BitChute. Go to this false flags on five fronts. Check it out. You'll find it's, it's got this warning label, which is completely redu- ridiculous. Because here's a nice test case. Uh, look at the warning label, then go ahead and watch the presentation. One is an hour and 15, the other is an hour and 30 because it included discussion. They're slightly different in the slide sets, but only slightly different. And just ask yourself, what could possibly justify saying this is, you know, unsuitable for life? Uh, or unsuitable for viewing in a work environment. I mean, it, it, there you have an expose uh, of the way in which the, the government and the social media are conducting themselves to the detriment of the in, in, informing the American people. I mean, they want to keep you in a state of ignorance. They want you to believe everything they tell you. They want you to question nothing. Uh, I'm reminded of the statement that... Uh, uh, Ronald Reagan's, uh, you know, campaign manager, whom he, William Casey, whom he rewarded by making the head of the CIA at his first meeting of the staff in Langley, he said that our disinformation campaign will be a success when everything the American people believe is false. And we're reaching pretty near that point, Michael, because so like, much. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's just, uh, it's absurd beyond belief. These are wild times, I must say. I, and I say it almost every program, but it's very true. So many different things going off. And of course, I was on your website earlier, uh, James, and, and what's, uh, Pen Magazine? Oh, very good. Pen Magazine. Well, this is a new, uh, journalistic effort by Mike Palachek. He and I co-founded Moonrock Books together. Uh, Mike's a brilliant guy. He's got a, about two dozen uh, works of fiction about American life, about the, you know, he, he's kind of a, a Will Rogers type or a Garrison Keillor type. He All was right, a, a notable, distinguished journalist. And he is continuing by creating Pen Magazine, which is an online journal. It's very sophisticated. Uh, one of it, one of these issues had to do with the moon landing, and then, in fact, I, I embedded uh, the key article from that uh, 
from that issue with a series of videos and interviews I'd done about the moon landing that demonstrate beyond any doubt that we did not go. We didn't have the propulsion power. We didn't have the computer power. Uh, we didn't have the communication capability. We couldn't overcome the Van Allen radiation belt. I mean, just to identify three rather key signs of late that we never went to the moon, that the whole thing was an elaborate hoax. A NASA spokesman here just a couple of years ago reported that the the major obstacle to a manned mission to Mars was the Van Allen radiation belt. But the Van Allen radiation belt has been with us since Earth was created about four and a half billion years ago. So if today we can't go to Mars because of the Van Allen radiation belt, we most certainly could not go to the moon in 1969-70 because of the Van Allen radiation belt. Uh, another revelation I found profoundly disturbing is they discovered a treasure trove of moon landing footage, uh, which ought to be really? were it authentic. Yeah, were it authentic. The most precious, the most precious footage ever taken by the hand of man, and NASA destroyed it. Michael, they destroyed this precious moon landing footage, no doubt because with modern technology could have been exposed to be, you know, a charade all manufactured. Here's my favorite of the recent revelations, however. Uh, NASA put out a, a, a reward of $20,000 for assistance in handling their space poop problem that at present they can only handle human waste up to about 14 hours. Yeah, well, these missions were, were lasting seven and eight days. That means the whole program is nothing but a gigantic bile of space poop. It was just fraudulent from the beginning. Yeah, I read that. I was wondering what your opinion was, so couldn't help but laugh that you did bring that up. And, of course, we saw the uh, Elon Musk, uh, the Tesla Roadster, I believe it was, off the top of my head. Oh, there. Michael. What, what do you guys say about Michael, that? This what was do you think? It was a cartoon. They gave us a comic book. Yeah, give us a comic book. Did, did you see the two, uh, you know, this was a three-rocket propulsion system, and they showed two of them coming back and landing on Earth. It was an animation. It was an animation. The thing's a joke. None of that was real. I, I can't believe it. I mean, it's just embarrassing. I, My assessment is that was a gullibility meter. They wanted to just see whether the American people will swallow anything, and they use that as a test case. And I guess uh, they found out that, yeah, Americans will still swallow anything. Uh, they, they'll swallow anything. That, that's a good, sweat, a good segue here. But uh, just to stay back on the topic, yeah, many, many people did wonder what your opinion was on the whole launch, so I'm glad you cleared that up with them. I'm sure they'll be satisfied with your answer. Well, it looks to me, looks to me like this was a, a comic book. The idea of the roadster was ridiculous. Uh, we can't get, you know, I mean, there's just so many ways in which this came across to me as a cartoon. Not real, a cartoon. Yeah, lots of uh, naysayers were in, indeed in the same mindset as yours, uh, James. Uh, very interesting. The special issue of Penn Magazine on the moon landings is very interesting because I embedded uh, the, my favorite of the conspiracy movies about it. It's entitled Conspiracy Theory, Did We Land on the Moon? It's only about 40 minutes long, but it gives all signs of all kinds of scientific proofs that we didn't go to the moon. It shows in some places you can see the astronauts are being held up on wires that if you, you speed up, uh, they're w w walking across the ground. It's perfectly normal. They have to slow it down to make it look as though the, you know, it's in a low gravity environment. That they're not going high enough in relation to how high they ought to have been able to go if it actually had been on them, on the moon. Uh, I mean, there's just proof after proof. Then there are two interviews I did with Dennis Camino, who is the Navy's top electronics troubleshooter before he left and went to work for Raytheon. One entitled the, the Great Moon Landing Hoax, and a second entitled The Real Deal, More on the Moon Landing Hoax. Those are all embedded there. Yeah, I'm looking at the and cover now. Fact, I, yeah, pardon I, me? I was looking at the cover just now. Great photo there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, there's all kinds of evidence here. And then the, 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 there's this high school group out of Canada that was doing research on the moon landing. So they had one of their students give an overview about his research on the moon landing. And then I gave a supplemental overview about the moon landing. So I embedded the, that on the same blog. So Yeah, that's your James Fetzer blog, correct? Your, your voice got obliterated there on the Skype connection, Michael. I couldn't hear the whole of what you said. Oh, no. I, I said, was that the uh, James Fetzer blog? Wasn't there yeah, two? Yeah, jamesfetzer.blogspot.com. Right, okay, yes. Glad we got that uh, going there for you. And uh, James, uh, lots to talk about here. But, of course, I was going to conduct a, a shorter show for those people out there, so... I do want to thank you very much for being a part of the program once again, and I know we are very. Uh huh. What was my that? pleasure, Michael. Yes. I, I always enjoy speaking with you, and I think the circumstances are becoming more and more difficult as the government is increasingly interfering with the American uh, people's right to communicate with one another and explain the results of their research on all these frauds that are being perpetrated by the government on the public. Unfortunately, we are running out of time here, and I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program yet again, James, and we'll have to do it in the very near future yet again. Mm -hmm. Thanks for featuring me. I really appreciate it. Yes, no problem, James. It's always fun to have you here, and of course, we'll we'll do this again uh, very soon, my friend. You got it. All right. Take care, James. Thanks, Michael. And of course, that was my guest, James Fetzer. And uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I did not want to take too much of his time up here. We could talk all night. That's usually the way it goes here on the program uh, every time Mr. Fetzer is on. Now the question remains, what will we do in order to fix these ongoing issues that we have here in America that don't seem to be present anywhere else in the world? What civil liberties will we give up next in order to fix this issue? That is the question. I want to thank everyone out there for listening to tonight's program. It's been fun. Remember, if you enjoy this program and want to help fund this project, go to michaeldeacon.com and donate whatever you'd like. This program completely depends on its listeners. That means you right there sitting down. Share the program with your friends and family. I'd appreciate that. I'm Michael Deacon. Thank you for listening. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. Well, that was something I was going to ask you about, Michael. <laughs> and I was, I was going to ask. Well, I was going to ask. Yeah. I could tell that all the mainstream media outlets were giving me like bullshit. Like you can just see it. It's clear. <laughs> appropriate. I wish I could be in that ring with Holden right now. It's crazy. I had no idea this shit existed before 726. Oh, a Grammy. I'm not a Grammy. I'm a DP real. A lot of good content. A lot of, a lot of cool topics. You know, I, I feel, you know, fortunate to have an opportunity to speak to you guys tonight. You guys are, you guys are really big. Yeah, Mr. Rusev, that son of a bitch. I, I like that, man. It's the simplest shit. You go in there, you see the butt and then you say, what the fuck do you have in your pocket? What the fuck are you going to be smoking time about midnight? That's what I want. Just for what it's worth, I want to put in my two cents to tell you both that you have Bro, one of the most incredibly well-rounded shows. Yeah. 22 years old. Still virgin. Guess what, motherfucker? successful.